2: Business, home, social? How about your health? Could you make some changes? Of course you could. But how and where to start? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. In this program, we'll help you identify and make the changes in your life that need to be made. And by doing so, increase your potential for success. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi.
1: Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, live in downtown Manhattan where traffic and other city sounds have a tendency to join us in the studio. I hope you'll welcome them as part of the experience of the show. Interestingly, the noise of everyday life in New York offers an apt illustration for today's episode. Other Manhattanites agree that when you live here long enough, you tune out sounds that seem very loud to people in other places. The same is true for your body. Living in your body for a long time doesn't mean you know it well. There are plenty of people in advanced stages of illnesses who didn't connect with physical signs that were accumulating for years. We know from growing research on the mind body connection that emotions can have a strong impact on your health. An article entitled How Do Thoughts and Emotions Impact Health from the University of Minnesota states that chronic stress can decrease lifespan and compromise the immune system. Also, repressed emotions especially fear or negative emotions like anger, can cause cardiovascular diseases, infection, hypertension, and digestive issues. While illnesses can be silent, becoming more aware of your emotions and what's happening in your body can help you to improve your physical health, reduce stress, and better manage time. Here to share her expertise on this topic is Linda Novick, joining us from beautiful Berkshire County in western Massachusetts. She is the author of The Painting Path, embodying spiritual discovery through yoga, brush, and color. As a global teacher of both art and yoga, Linda has instructed thousands of people on how to live with greater ease and express themselves more freely. She started her career as a high school art teacher. In later years, many of her students contacted her to say that she motivated them to become artists. She set an example of art as a profession, and encouraged them to self-express and follow their passions. When critiquing their work, she complimented them and focused on options rather than on something being wrong. Linda, that's such an interesting approach because it shows that achievement doesn't have to be painful. You encourage your students to achieve by helping them to see different ways they could improve their skills as artists.
0: Yes, that's right, Hemda. Uh, Thank you for having me on your show today. I'm just really excited about sharing some of my insights. And um, I just wanted to say that self-expression is a beautiful thing, but sometimes our inner critic and the the beliefs that we have about not being good enough stand in the way of just letting ourselves be who we are. Just... Mm -hmm. Just in everything, not just in art.
1: Mm. Right, so it's the voice inside us that criticizes that can hold us back.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so thrilled that you're here to share your experience, yourself being an artist and also being a longtime yoga and art instructor. It would be wonderful to start by talking about what it means to connect with your body and why you think it's so important.
0: Okay, connecting with your body, very, very interesting. If you are not connected with your body and you're constantly in your head planning and thinking and creating strategies just to survive and to move forward, you're not really in touch with your inner wisdom. You're not in touch with your gut experience. Connecting with the body can be very, very simple. It doesn't have to be complicated, and there's no, there's no step-by-step how to do it or no real strategy. Sometimes all it takes is just to slow down, to mm-hmm. take a seat, sit on a chair, sit in a couch, maybe even sit in a cross-legged position and close your eyes. And sometimes just following your breath, listening to the inhalation and the exhalation, slowing down just a little bit. And you sometimes may find that you're afraid. You're actually a little anxious inside. So breathing in and breathing out is a way to calm the nervous system. So that's your very first step in connecting with your body. Slow down. Take a Mm -hmm. seat.
1: And the breath work sounds like it's a very key piece.
0: Oh, it's a very key piece. And and it doesn't even have to be a special breathing technique, but it can be a, just a breath in and a breath in, a breath out. And then as you're breathing, you can do a brief brief body scan, which means just start at the top of the head and work your way down to your toes and just see how your body feels. Is it tired? Is it sore? Is your belly too full of food? Is your, is your heart beating quickly? Slow down and just do a little body scan. And that can very often tell you just where you're at at that moment. Does that make sense, Hemda?
1: Yes, it sounds like really you're starting off with making sure that you have a level of self-awareness. Exactly. A level of recognition really
0: that's correct like where where in your body are you feeling discomfort do your shoulders feel tense maybe when your shoulders feel tense you need to do a little bit of movement with the shoulders do a little stretch take a deep breath exhale with a big sigh ah so i just did that I got a little bit more relaxed.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what what does the sigh do? What's the functionality of the sigh?
0: Actually, the sigh has a way of letting go of tension. Um, if there's a little tension that you feel somewhere, you're afraid about an interview that you're going on or, or you have to do an unpleasant task that you're not looking forward to, sometimes an acknowledgement of the fact that you're resisting it, you don't want to do it, Take a big breath, exhale, big sigh, and that sigh can release a little bit of tension. It's, a, it's called a sighing out breath, mm-hmm. and it releases tension in an amazing way. So that's, that's, that's one thing you can do.
1: It sounds like a really valuable strategy because we all are thinking about the busyness of our days and... For those especially who have 10-hour work days or longer days and may have families and other responsibilities, Mm -hmm. finding strategies that actually allow you to maybe those moments in between that you have to really be able to utilize them and connect with yourself and regain perspective and relax. So this, just the sighing breath sounds like something that is very time-effective that anyone can do to, just to help themselves regroup.
0: Absolutely. And sometimes if you're at work or if you're, in a, if you're feeling a little panicky or a little anxious, go into a room by yourself and just sit down and say, take a breath. Just slow down for a second. You don't have to immediately go into your next activity. You can slow it down a couple of minutes. And just take a little time for self-care. And if you have kids and you're harried with kids and having to take them to soccer practice and this and that and they're watching television and things are going wild in your house, you can do a little bit of um, self-care with you and your kids. You can do a bit of yoga or stretching with your children. You can do easy movements. You can all get in touch with your body. And you can all get in touch with your breath. And doing little stretches really releases tension. So let's say your kids are feeling stressed and they're afraid to take a test and this and that, all the different things that our busy world puts on us. You just say, come on, kids, sit down. Let's turn the television off. Let's do a little bit of yoga stretching. And that's real easy. So, um... You can do it with your with yourself if you're alone, or you can do it with your kids.
1: Right, so there's no reason not to do it if you have kids. All the more reason that you get to all the to more reason have this group activity, right? That benefits everyone.
0: Absolutely. In fact, a little morning yoga would be fun for the kids before they go off to school with their tests and their SATs and um, all the stress of going to college and. Everything is a big deal. Everything is a big stressor in our society. It's a, it's a society based on a achievement and keeping going and staying on a treadmill in order to achieve and get more and improve yourself. So what happens when we stop improving ourselves and we stop striving? We can actually be in touch with what our real inner wisdom is telling us. Maybe we need to relax.
1: Mm-hmm. Does, that, and sometimes, does that make yes. sense, Emda? Yes, it brings to mind that sometimes we have something on our agenda, and when you have a chance to step back and really sit with it a little bit, you realize maybe it's not something you actually need to do.
0: That's beautiful. Very well put. Um, what is a priority in your life? Um, is, it, is it checking off everything on your to-do list? And is your to-do list too long on a particular day? Maybe one, one thing that you do during a day of maybe just going to a tai chi class, or just going to work and doing one piece of, one piece in the, in what you need to do for your day, at work. Why do our lists have to be so long? So tune in to yourself in the morning. What do I really, really want to do? What feels right? What feels organic? And what must I do in order to... Sometimes there is there's a priority that can't be ignored. So that's the one
1: you do. Mm-hmm. It, seemed, it sounds like the example that I gave actually starting out of you and your students, that they were able actually to have an achievement orientation. So this doesn't interfere... With achieving it just and, makes achieving more strategic
0: well achieving is such a, a crazy word for me it actually triggers me um, we are in an achieving culture everything is about um, getting better achieving and also um, getting somewhere we need to we think we need to get somewhere we need to get a bigger house or um More status at our job, et etc, et etc more money, a better body, um a perfect body we like to anyway the word achievement when relating to my painting students is when i work when i whenever I work with painting students um it's never very often they come in with an idea that they need to achieve something. They want to learn how to use watercolor or they want to they want to be able to do a landscape. But my approach is is um, an approach of tuning into your tuner, tuning into your creativity, relaxing your mind. We do a little yoga, we do a little conscious breathing, and then when the inner critic and the achiever And the, the stress oriented part of us is calmed down. We are able to just paint and have fun with it. Mm -hmm. So when students are doing a landscape and they're, and they're, they, they want to get it right, we learn not to get it right. We learn to just enjoy the flow of it. Feel the beauty of the brush in our hand and the colors coming on the page. And skills will always develop. Techniques can always be developed. But I think the most important thing is to let go of having to get it right Mm -hmm. and also to let go of expectations. And it's in a way, we're applying beginner's mind. We're Mm -hmm. letting ourselves be, be beginners with a new, fresh approach every time we, ap- we approach the page.
1: So this sounds like an important technique. Interesting that you integrate yoga and breath in your art classes, and that can be applied in any context with any endeavor. If, if you're going to be working on your house one day, <laughs> painting your house, yes. or if you're working on a serious project for work, if that you is- take the time to slow down, And become more self-aware, connect with what's happening within you, do a little bit of stretching or some sighings to be able to release the tension where you feel it, engage your kids where you can, and you'll be a little bit more available and in a place where you can do something with more ease.
0: Ease is the word. You are so right. Um... If you're doing uh, improvements on your house or you're working on a job, it's important to know where you're at at the very beginning of what you're starting out to do. And to tune into the body and tune into the emotions is important because at least you know where you're starting. If you're getting tingling in your arms and your belly is in a knot and you're forcing through your pushing and you're striving there's going to be no fun in painting your room or picking out a color for your walls so it's sometimes it's good to just name um when we name what how we're feeling we just say hey you know what i'm nervous about this i don't know if i can do this Mm -hmm. and sometimes reaching out like if you're painting a room with your, with your partner, for example, um, <laughs> it doesn't help to just go about painting the wall without even, like, checking in with yourself. Because mm-hmm. then you're just painting the wall with lots of stress in your body, and it's not any fun at all.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're not going to do it as well, more than likely.
0: <laughs> you're not going to enjoy it either.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's interesting yeah. because you mentioned painting the wall with your partner. I th- you said checking in. I thought for a moment you were going to say checking in with, with your partner because it seems <laughs> I, that really that's an extension of what you're saying. It when is. you're able to check in with yourself and respect that you have certain emotions going on or you have certain tension without judging yourself around it then it puts you in a place also where you can do that with someone else and be more collaborative, have a smoother interaction with someone and working towards something.
0: That is so true. Being able to know where you're at and say, you know, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this painting project because um, I have some thoughts that I'm not really good at painting rooms or, or even knowing that you think you're not good at decorating, so you're going to come into it at a disadvantage. And just to say to the person that you're painting the wall with, hey, I'm, ooh, I'm a little nervous about this. Um, And that person can help you. They can say, Mm -hmm. hey, you're, you know, you're so good with decorating. Let's let's do it together, and I'll help you. And -hmm. if you have any problems, let's we'll 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 work it out. Mm
1: -hmm. So communication,
0: yeah, communication and reaching out to a friend uh, is very important.
1: Great. We've talked about some wonderful techniques. We're gonna. Go to a quick commercial. I'm Hemda Mizrahi speaking with author, artist, and teacher Linda Novick about how to connect with the intelligence your body and emotions offer. When we come back, Linda will share more techniques that you can fairly easily integrate regardless of your age or level of mobility. Stay with us.
2: making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Imagine
1: you hired a designer to redo your kitchen. Working with an expert to meet your needs was such a high. You're enjoying the new feature so much that you're waking up early to write the book that's been in your head for five years. The raised Caesarstone countertop and cushioned back stool are your writer's desk. With this comes the realization that all of the rooms in your home need to be redone to match the level of your kitchen. This scenario demonstrates my approach to executive and lifestyle coaching. It involves understanding what compatibility means to you at different times in relationships, career, nutrition, and other quality of life areas. It's also about elevating your game personally and professionally. Given my multidisciplinary expertise, we can address a range of needs that are critical to your fulfillment and success. I'm Hemd Mizrahi, Managing Director of Life and Career Choices, a global executive coaching and concierge practice. Learn more about my services and contact me through lifeandcareerchoices.com.
2: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page.
1: Welcome back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, speaking with author, artist, and teacher Linda Novik. We've been discussing the importance of tuning into your body and emotions and how to do that. Linda, you talked about the body scan and also just taking some quiet time, even with your children, to relax your body and do some stretching. Do you have any recommendations for those who are not as schooled with stretching ideas or yoga ideas. I mean, stretching is something that certainly is natural to all of us, an automatic response. But I would love to offer some suggestions about what would be some good morning or afternoon or any time of day stretching activities or a little bit of yoga, a short yoga activity.
0: Well, one very important thing, a a relaxation technique is yoga nidra. Um, Yoga Nidra is actually translate, tr, virtually translated as yoga sleep and it is known to bring changes into the brain and it slows the heart rate and it also allows you to change your relationship with your thoughts because we're very often caught up in a loop of negative thoughts or Uh, thoughts that stop us from doing things, Um, maybe even critical thoughts or judgmental thoughts. So the relaxation technique of Yoga Nidra uh, can be actually found on the Internet. Uh, YouTube has, um, if you go to YouTube and you Google, uh, not Google, but you search for Yoga Nidra, there will be a number of different teachers who can come up on that, on that YouTube video and help you in a guided relaxation, a guided yoga nidra experience. Um, one of the really good yoga nidra teachers is Amrit Desai, who is actually the founder of Kripalu Center. Uh, he's one of the people who has trained a number of really great yoga nidra people One of the people he has trained is John Vosler, and another one is Liam Gillen. And you can go right on YouTube, and you can put yourself uh, in a comfortable position on your bed or on the floor, roll up a towel under your head, put a pillow under your knees, cover yourself with a blanket, and turn on the video, and it will lead you in a 20 20 to 40-minute Yoga Nidra experience this will completely relax you. This is very helpful if you're prone to anxiety and if you have a stressful life, you can do one experience in the morning. You can even do it in the evening before you go to sleep, and you'll, this will help you get to sleep. Now, I'd, I'm not advocating um, just one person who offers this. Um, I did mention... Um, Amrit Yoga, you can check that out. But there are many, many yoga teachers who do this. Um, Ken Nelson, uh, a wonderful, wonderful yoga nidra. Uh, I actually bought one of his yoga nidra tapes, and I do, I do, I do that with him. So I get my own personal yoga teacher to lead me in this relaxation. I can't mm-hmm. say, I can't tell you how great that is.
1: Mm-hmm. So. What, and what's, di- what's Thank you so much, Linda. What is different about the Yoga Nidra in rel- relative to other yoga techniques?
3: Ah,
0: great question. Other yoga techniques have to do... There's breathing and there's stretching and things like that. This is simply relaxation. Um, we're so driven in our society. I don't know if anybody's noticed that, but... Um, There's uh, such a need to um, compete and to move forward and to succeed and to make your body better and to make your mind better and to be more spiritual. And in this, this is different than other yoga techniques because you you don't have to achieve anything. You don't have to move your body in any particular way. You don't have to bring your head down to your knees. You don't have to be flexible and you don't have to be even mobile you might be a person with disabilities so there's no there's no place to get to and there's no pressure on yourself it's sheer relaxation and mm-hmm. it slows your heart rate down and it changes your brain meaning it stops the endless cycle of thinking and that's that's how it differs from some stretching and special yoga breathing.
1: And is this something also you suggest before sleep?
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm, and you'll fall asleep. You'll fall asleep at the end.
1: I was just wondering how you feel. If, if you feel refreshed afterwards as opposed to sleepy,
0: you're going to feel. Actually, what happens when I do it is my brain. Anything I was worried about, or any task that I was dreading, um, it, it's out of your mind. You're 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 in a deep you're in a deep sleep, and the sleep is refreshing rather than a sleepy type of thing. You wake up and you know what? Sometimes you're actually slowed down a little bit after that. You're not you're not you're not in high gear, which is often very um, very beneficial because mm-hmm. you're not you're not driven to go on to the next activity
1: So it may not be the best thing to do in the middle of the day if you have a very very hectic work life and uh, I would say you have a meeting a, to go to Yes, it's not the best thing to do in the middle of the day. This sounds like an excellent technique and you mentioned that anyone can do it and really the focus is relaxation which can help us really to kind of work on the conditioning that we have to do constantly, to be moving constantly.
0: It's a great thing to break up that pattern of doing, doing, doing. Mm -hmm. It's just a pause. Right, so it
1: sounds like you hit the reset button.
0: You hit the reset button. That is exactly, that's a beautiful way of putting it, Hemda.
1: So if there's the situation that you're in and you're feeling a little bit discombobulated and you need to, just reground yourself, this could be a good, really good technique to use. Absolutely. If you are in the middle of a work day, and you, you did offer some great techniques that are very quick that, that we can all do, the body scan and some stretching and breathing, just sighing with the breath, are there any other techniques that you would suggest if someone is really needing to move from one thing to another and having this type of pause might throw off their day. I can't think of
0: another exercise, really, other than the most important thing is tune into where you are. Maybe listen to your emotions. See what, not just tuning into the body, the way we talked about the body scan and focusing on your breathing, but what are your emotions, what, what emotions are you having that are causing discombobulation. Mm-hmm. Did somebody say something to you that hurt your feelings? What turned you off? Are you feeling angry? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Um, so I think listening to the, not just the wisdom of the body, but, but the emotions, and your emotions are your guideposts. It's very good to know what you're feeling and some of us just keep going um, without tuning in to what our emotions are telling us because they are indicators they are in a way our gps system if something doesn't feel good in your emotions well wow it would be good to explore that
3: mm-hmm. and,
0: and and not just find the origin of the emotion but at least find what the emotion is what are you feeling why are you dis? Why are you feeling discombobulated?
1: Mm-hmm. So naming the emotions is a very important step, really, in in helping you to be able to work with the wisdom of your emotions.
0: Oh, that is so beautiful. You're saying that right. Trust your emotions.
3: Um, don't immediately
0: think that your feelings are wrong, because they are energy flowing through your body. What are feelings? They they they're, they're there, you can also feel your feelings in a physical way. Sometimes you're, 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 your body goes limp or, or there's a feeling of uh, uh, maybe the hair stands up on the back of your neck or there's a feeling of heaviness in your arms. So, so emotions, emotions come into you as an energy and they flow through your body and um, slowing down enough to just... Recognize what you're feeling. Something might have been off. Um, you might have had a reaction to something that was hurtful or anger-producing. And it's always good to know what you're feeling before you take action.
1: Mm-hmm. And wh- When you're connected with your emotions, it also can be hard sometimes to appreciate that just getting there can really be a journey for a lot of people no matter what age you are if it's not something really that was encouraged in all of your development years (laughs) we're always in our development years but if it wasn't something encouraged early on or, or something that you didn't adapt later on depending on what kind of environments you were in personally and at work sometimes we don't cultivate that first step of being able to identify or name what the emotions are and it brings to mind the experience that I had as a master's student in counseling and the role plays that we would do in which at times we would be the observer, at times we would be the counselor or the client, and we had emotion charts. So if you're listening and you're, you're thinking that just getting to the point of actually naming what the emotion is is still something that you're really working on, then getting off the internet – our chart of emotions can help you and it'll just become a much more natural process.
0: Getting in touch with your emotions is, is probably one of the biggest challenges for human beings. Um, I'm, I'm an emotional person. Um, Everyone has emotions. Our emotions, when they are healthy, um, when children are very young, they are very deeply in touch with their emotions. And once they let those emotions flow through their body, they will, those emotions will leave. And then other emotions will come in. And as we get older and our, when we are discouraged from feeling emotions and telling what our true emotions are, We begin to close up, and we have a very hard People have a hard time with emotions. Emotions sometimes feel overwhelming. And how do we do this? Well, there's no formula for this. There's not a step-by-step how do you do that. But a good way is to, just something that comes to mind is you're feeling a certain thing in your body, in your mind, in your whole experience, and you're not sure, you just know it doesn't feel good, so that's a good time to pause and to see what what might be going on. And also, many of us do not trust our feelings. If we feel sad or Maybe somebody hurt our feelings, or maybe somebody made us feel angry, or we feel angry. We were triggered by something that made us feel a certain way. It's very, it's, we have a hard time really accepting our feelings. Now, maybe there is some great advanced beings on the planet that, uh, that, are, that are okay with emotions, but most of us have a lot of wrestling to do with our emotions. So um, mm-hmm. I would say trust your emotions. Don't always think. Sometimes somebody will say something and you'll feel a certain thing and you'll override that feeling. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll say, oh, um, God, I feel this. Um, but I'm, I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe maybe that person was, you know, that person that triggered this emotion. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're really right, and maybe I'm just being oversensitive. Well, guess what? Please believe in your emotions. They come from a place of wisdom and. Yes. That's all. That, that's, that's real important, to trust your
3: emotions.
1: You seem to be describing a process whereby you slow down to actually... Sometimes you don't have to slow down to connect with your emotions, and sometimes maybe you do. So you get a chance to actually connect with what you're feeling and name or acknowledge, I'm angry, I'm really afraid about this. And you might be able to actually feel... In your body, some kind of sensation that is connected with that emotion.
0: That's right, Hemda. Um, sometimes we don't, we can't identify our emotions immediately. We we can't name them, but sometimes we feel our stomach getting a tightness or a knot, or sometimes we feel a tingling in our arms, or maybe we sometimes feel nauseous. We have a little sense of nausea or or maybe we even feel a pain in the back almost like uh being hit so it's a it's a very subtle uh it's a subtle thing and sometimes we don't even know at the time that we're having the emotion but the next day we feel the emotion
1: and what you, do you do you if Yes, if right that it's not something you might connect with right away. It's but if you get into a mode really of trying to connect, then when you're a little bit more ready, you might be able to name the emotion and feel the emotion. It might it might not happen right away?
0: Exactly, it might not happen during the interaction with the other person, or maybe you receive a, a letter from you know, let's say Medicare or. <laughs> your Your doctor or something, you know I'm just I'm just saying we all have our lives and we have triggers, we have things that come into us all the time. There's constant uh, uh, we receive news and we receive interactions from people. So maybe it takes a couple of days to tune in, but but um, I think trusting your inner wisdom, trusting your gut instincts are very important. And, oh, along the line with emotions, sometimes we can't do everything all by ourselves. Like, like, yes, we're learning, but sometimes we have to reach out to a friend.
1: I'd love for us to talk more about that. We're going to go to a brief commercial. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for more tips from author, artist, and teacher Linda Novick about how you can tune into the wisdom of the body and the emotions. We'll be right back.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: Imagine you hired a designer to redo your kitchen. Working with an expert to meet your needs was such a high. You're enjoying the new feature so much that you're waking up early to write the book that's been in your head for five years. The raised Caesarstone countertop and cushioned back stool are your writer's desk. With this comes the realization that all of the rooms in your home need to be redone to match the level of your kitchen. This scenario demonstrates my approach to executive and lifestyle coaching. It involves understanding what compatibility means to you at different times in relationships, career, nutrition, and other quality of life areas. It's also about elevating your game personally and professionally. Given my multidisciplinary expertise, we can address a range of needs that are critical to your fulfillment and success. I'm Himda Mizrahi, Managing Director of Life and Career Choices, a global executive coaching and concierge practice. Learn more about my services and contact me through lifeandcareerchoices.com. <laughs>
2: The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790 or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page.
1: Welcome back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, speaking with author, artist, and teacher Linda Novick about improving your life decisions and health by connecting with your body and emotions. Where we left off was talking about the importance of trusting your emotions. And Linda, you started to share another thought that sometimes we do need some assistance and some support from people around us.
0: Yes, um, very often many of us feel that we have to do things all by ourselves, that we need to be very independent and we need, and we need to take on the whole world all by ourselves.
3: Um,
0: when, when you're baffled by a situation or an emotion, you're feeling something that you're maybe not sure about, um, ask for help from a friend. Call up somebody that you trust and talk it out. Get get help. Um, let's say, well, let's say you're invited to a party, and you don't really want to go. You feel scared, or maybe you feel like you're not. You don't have enough energy to do it, or you're not up to it or you just don't want to you just don't want to waste your time at a party and you prefer to stay home and read for example or you'd rather watch Netflix or whatever or maybe you'd rather take a nap it's it's good to it's good to just see how you're feeling about it maybe weigh it back and forth in your mind and maybe ask tell your friend, call a friend, say, you know what, I'm invited to this party, I don't really want to go, I'm not sure, maybe I should go, I should go because it would be a good good, uh, opportunity for me to mix with people, and maybe I need to get over my shyness, and I'm going to push myself to go, maybe the friend can say, you know what, I know you, why don't you just trust yourself? If mm-hmm. if you really don't want to go, don't go. There must be something that's go, that's guiding you in this. So it's a it's it, there's no pat answer on this one, but it's 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 an interesting subject. Mm-hmm. And I'm not and the, an expert. I'm not an expert on emotions, but I sure have had lots of them in my life. And very often, um, I'll call a friend, and maybe I'll even need to cry. And, and sometimes I won't be in touch with, with a certain emotion, but when I talk to my friend about it, it will, um, it will lead me, and I'll really get that I'm feeling something that I didn't even know I was feeling. Mm. And then you have the choice. You can always choose to go to the party or choose not to go. Each individual situation, evaluate each individual situation Singularly, trust that your inner guidance is telling you what's best for you. You know, take, bo- time, take time to acknowledge your feelings, ask for help, and then make decisions.
1: Right, so the decision-making process comes after getting more information. I recall I used to teach freshman seminar it was interesting how when we talked about critical thinking, really that's the process of critical thinking. If you're in a place where you're really uncertain about a decision, oftentimes you need to get more information. And this has really been the focus of our conversation today is Mm -hmm. how you can get that information It doesn't necessarily come from the internet or from another person. Mm -hmm. But if you can connect really with what your own experience is through your emotions, through your body, Mm -hmm. by relaxing and stepping back. And sometimes by talking with someone. You mentioned the importance of relationships. Yes. And you brought up some key points about the types of relationships, that it's important to have relationships where people really help you to trust yourself.
0: Uh, Very well said. And I want to bring up one more thing. There may be some people listening to the show who have other ways of asking for guidance uh, about emotions and, and the body. And that would be listening to many people have a higher power. Um, they connect with God or they connect with a higher power or nature. Um, there are many belief systems about um, who your friends are and mm-hmm. who to ask for guidance. So everyone should ask for guidance from something that, that, that truly resonates with them. It could be, there could be something in a, in a, uh, a religious text. Um, there could be, there, there are different ways of asking for help. And that's up to the individual to decide what is going to be helpful at a particular time.
1: Linda, you talked about accepting your emotions and trusting your emotions. Do you, do you see a difference between those two? Accepting
0: and trusting? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yes, I do. Yes, accepting your emotions is knowing that we all have emotions and that as human beings we, we perhaps are looking to be able to accept that we have a wide range of emotion. And, and, and if we're really, really sensitive, we're going to notice that they change constantly. First we're happy, then we're sad, then we're encouraged, then we're hopeless. There's many, many emotions. And to, to just say, hey, I have emotions, I'm a human. So accepting is just knowing that we have them and actually making room for the wide range that we do experience as human beings. Now, trusting, that's even deeper than accepting. For, uh, well, I don't know if it's deeper. I think accepting is, is, is a challenge in itself. But trusting um, trusting is like trusting yourself. I remember my mother used to say, you know, Linda, you know who you are, and, and just tr- trust yourself, know thyself. She used to always say, know thyself. Uh, when you know who you are on a deep level and you can accept all your good bad and ugly parts um, that's where trust comes in so you and it takes sometimes it takes a lifetime to know who you are but to trust yourself is to not betray yourself to trust yourself is to know that what you know is is what you know and not to put other people's expectations or emotions above your
3: emotions.
1: So if you have a pain in your back when you're speaking with someone, you need to trust that something is going on there that you might want to explore. That's a great, (laughs) that's really
0: true. Or if you feel nauseous uh, uh, during an exchange, or if you feel like you're passing out, (laughs) that's a very good, that's a very indication good indication
1: and you should trust that you
0: may not have to to know the answer but but just know that it's okay
1: and it seems that trust really is just agreeing that if you're feeling something or you have a certain sensation there's something to find out that it's an indication that that there is something valid going on. Whatever you're feeling is valid.
0: I love that. That is so true. Um, yes. Trust your experience. Be present with, with your emotions and be present with your body. So by, mind and body aren't really different, although we have different words for them. Mind and body are connected. Um, an emotion can manifest itself in the physical body. And for example, if your shoulders feel tight, it doesn't necessarily mean that you lifted too many weights in the in your weightlifting class. It may mean that you're carrying the weight of your sho- uh, carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders or you're being too responsible. You're trying to to please the whole world. There are, in other words, the body will indicate different things. And the more friendly we can become with our bodies, in other words, the more we can befriend our emotions and our bodies, the healthier we're going to be.
1: You talked about also the connection between the emotion and the body in terms of locating the emotions. mm and I think that's an important point because the issue is how can we be in a place where we're not overwhelmed by our own emotions and the physical sensations we're going through? Mm-hmm. How can we be in a place where whatever is is we're experiencing isn't repressed or bottled up and becomes a physical ailment? So wow. if you're identifying your emotions, if you're identifying where they might appear in your body, where the stress is for you, then it gives you an opportunity also to have some re- release around it to avoid yeah. really storing them. Yeah. And it brings to mind my chiropractor who told mm-hmm. me that most of his patients come to him to relieve stress. Mm. And so it's important if as you're, you're taking the time really to notice where your stress is in your body, that you then take steps to release it to relieve it. And there's so many different ways you can do that. I know Linda, you mentioned breathing can help release. Stretching can help release. Mm -hmm. I suppose laughter can help release. Yes. So exploring what are the ways, depending on where you find your stress, what are the ways that are going to be really effective for you to release it so that it doesn't become something more serious, that it it doesn't accumulate.
0: Hemda, that's, that's beautifully put. Um, I have lots of different ways that I release stress that's trapped in the body. Um, I love yoga. I love to stretch. I love to move. Um, I love to swim. Um, Find, you know, sometimes finding an exercise that isn't putting pressure on you, but something that is joyful can be be a a nice way of releasing stress. Also, massage. Massage can be very good. Chiropractic is good. Um, sometimes <laughs> sleeping, get enough, get enough rest, mm-hmm. and don't and, ske- seemed... and don't schedule too much.
1: So we the regularity piece is, is is important, right? Because you're talking about not scheduling too much, which is really about your day to day. Yes, because you're you can get used to being in a state of of chronic stress, and yes, your you body can. can be put in a state of chronic stress and you can come out of that. It'll it'll just require some consistency, some activities that you enjoy enjoy doing that you can integrate into your schedule. Absolutely. Just a couple of more points I wanted to talk about Linda. One is with acceptance. What also came to mind in terms of a challenge around acceptance is that sometimes we don't want to see ourselves as Whatever emotions come up, we may not want to see ourselves as someone who can be fearful or someone who is angry. Mm. And we also may not want other people to see us that way. Sometimes maybe we can acknowledge it within, but we don't want it to mm. be expressed. Absolutely. So I, I just wanted to put out <laughs> just some of the complexities around this that we can work with. And what I'd was- also like to do is talk a little bit about your book, mm-hmm. because I know that You covered a lot of great techniques today that can be integrated by anyone, and it seems like also they're very budget conscious because we can get get onto YouTube and do some wonderful yoga nidra and do some stretching Mm -hmm. if we need something quick. I know that you most likely have some techniques in this book that could be helpful to folks, so would would you share a little bit about it?
0: Absolutely. Um, The Painting Path, Embodying Spiritual Discovery Through Yoga, Brush, and Color So this book is a little mini Bible. Um, There's lots of yoga in it, Uh, simple yoga techniques and simple breathing techniques. Um, There's also 11 different painting projects, which if anybody's interested in learning a little bit about painting, and you might be afraid to try it, this this is a great little book.
1: Wonderful. Thank you, Linda. In Linda's bio on My Voice America host page, you'll find the title of her book. You'll also find links to the painting and yoga retreats she'll be leading this year in Stockbridge and Rowe, Massachusetts. Today we talked about how listening to your body and emotions can help you to guide yourself with big decisions and smaller ones. This relates to next week's episode which is about getting back on the map of your career. If you're feeling stagnant at work or are looking to be re-employed after a transitional time in your life, listen in. You'll gain strategies that will help you to revitalize your career. Until then, remember to make the grass greener where you are. I'm Hemda Mizrahi with Turn the Page.
2: Thank you for tuning into our program. Turn the Page can be heard live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, enjoy your weekend and make one change in your life before then.